sun's going down in midnight Texas and things are about to get weird. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Midnight Texas series. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lynn. And I'm Michael Sparkin. And today we are reading chapters 14 through 19 of Day Shift, the second book in the Midnight Texas series. Previously, thanks to Manfred's little ghost murder situation, reporters descend on midnight. And with a loose werechild under their care, no one is happy about that. The town decides that it's up to Olivia to clean up their mess, but they won't even let her do it in her preferred murdery way. So she has to go to Dallas to scope out the dead woman's house and family and doesn't even get to kill anyone. Oh wait, no, she did definitely kill that one random guy in the front yard, but he was just like some random henchman. I'm not even sure they technically count as people. Is that even illegal, killing a henchman? (laughs) I don't know. As a result, we learn a little bit more about her mysterious family history. Oh, also, they realized that the whole trip to Dallas was completely unnecessary because they have a psychic who could just ask the dead lady where a treasure is buried. So they do that. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 14. Diedrich continues to grow crazy fast. Yeah, uh, Fiji just bought him some clothes and he's already outgrown them. Which I find, I, I imagine a lot of parents out there find relatable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Teenage boys. They, they should have just bought him like a, a like a wife beater shaped shirt that's like a really long one that goes down to his ankles. Oh, and yeah. As he grows up, it just fits better and better. Like a maxi dress? Mm, yeah, That yeah, eventually yeah. becomes a tank top? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with adjustable shoulder straps or something, you know? <laughs> Brilliant. Manfred gets a call from his lawyer's office. The police want to question him again, and she will meet him at the station. So, good job, Manfred, for continuing to act intelligently. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, right? Like, he's just like, this, fuck off, cops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're innocent, you should do what innocent people do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Uh- but on the way out, Fiji hits him with a confidence spell to yeah. make him more believable. Oh, so. man, this this made me really uncomfortable because he's, he's like, I, he, she says it's a spell that makes people believe what you say, but I think it's just like wizard cocaine that just makes you believe that people <laughs> believe what, they, what you say, right? Well, I was just thinking, because one of the first questions Manfred asks, maybe the first question he asks is, does this run out? Because he's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, shit, I need to go make money, like, while, <laughs> make money while the sun shines, go yeah, milk right? some more maybe widows out of their, you know, he should, inheritance. This should be a regular thing with Fiji, right? Like, cut her in on some of the profits? Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, he, he'd be so good at bilking poor little old ladies out of their money. Even he... more than he already is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my feeling, though, is that this bell does not have any exterior effect, right? It just makes him super confident. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. It could, like you said, it could be wizard cocaine. Confidence yeah. comes from within. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, the cops are huge dicks, surprisingly, when he shows up. They think Manfred stole Rachel's jewels like Lewis has accused them of. They've realized that they don't have any enough evidence to connect him to Rachel's murder. But they still think he's a thief. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's funny because, like, again, Manfred didn't actually do anything wrong here. So yeah. he just has to tell the truth the whole time. And it's, you know, I, I'm not used to this. Sorry, I'm used to dealing with, with Sookie here. And it was like she would just... Lied to them anyway, you know? Yeah, she killed that guy. I mean, and she killed three other guys they don't even know about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but Manfred is very convincing, so perhaps Fiji's spell worked, and they let him go. Yeah, I I guess everything's fine, assuming nothing comes back on the talk screen. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Right, yeah, I think think we all know something's going to come up on the talk screen. Dot, dot, dot. I feel like it's it's not the magic spell that got Manfred off, it's the lawyer. Yeah. Like, he, he just, like started talking extemporaneously, telling the cops everything on his mind, and then the lawyer cuts in and is like, uh, uh, are we free to go? 
Yeah. <laughs> you have any evidence? And they're like, no. It's like, okay, we're going now. Miss <laughs> Powell, the, the lawyer, thinks that they should bring charges against Lewis, which is probably not the worst idea because that yeah, guy's yeah. crazy. I'm, and, you know, and to be fair, she is a lawyer and that is how she makes money, right? Like, yeah. That's yeah. true. <laughs> sure. Chapter 15, point of view of Olivia. She talks to Lemuel on the phone. He's found a female vampire is gonna, that is going to be able to help him with his mysterious books. And then she spends some time thinking about his sex life. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this phone conversation between them, I wouldn't call it sweet exactly, but I guess it's, like, romantic for them, kind yeah, of, right? Yeah, for them. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, whatever works, right? Yeah. yeah they, they get what they want out of the relationship, I guess. They both seem content with the way things are. Mm-hmm. And she gets a phone call for a Rebecca. A man wants her to find an object his ex-wife has. So this is a theft, not a murder, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess she does all of it, not just oh, murders. I thought, I thought she was going to kill the ex-wife. My impression is that that was an option, but the guy didn't want the ex-wife killed, just oh, wanted the okay. object stolen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, in this economy, you have to be versatile, right? So, <laughs> so I'm curious if that will pop up again later. <laughs> right. She goes to Manfred's house. Uh, Louis Goldthorpe shows up with a paranormal news blogger uh, and is trying to get in, trying to talk to other people. But Manfred and Livia are discussing how they need to find out where the jewels are to get Louis off his back. And they think about how they're going to do that. And they're like, let's get Fiji. I don't know. She knows shit. Yeah, they, they tried Joe. They tried Chewy. They tried Olivia really hard. And now they're going to try Fiji. Yeah, yeah. why not? They, I, I think eventually they're going to feed Louis to the Rev. That's, that's what I think. <laughs> this is where this is going. Yeah. The rest is kind of like, he's like feeling snacky and they're like, all right. I'm, I'm tired of waiting for you jerks to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny because like, you know, uh, Lewis shows up with this reporter and they decide not to answer, which is fine. But like, I feel like it would have been way more fun for Manfred to like play up the psychic angle, right? Like, you know, um, the the guy comes and he's like does some psychic thing oh the the jewels you should have come to me i'm a psychic you know the jewels are in the books and then you know like this is a psychic blog this could be good for business right oh yeah, yeah that, that might true. work that yeah. would not maybe mollify the cops right the cops don't believe in psychic Psh, stuff Psh, what do the cops know they believe in sure. vampires and werewolves but not co- not, not psychics <laughs> <laughs> right also yeah hmm. yeah how about that chapter 16 Olivia Manfred and Fiji don't really come up with anything, uh, but G- Diedrich pops in. He's grown up even more. He's gigantic. He is. He's gigantic. He leaves, but an old dude from the hotel comes into the shop, comments on Diedrich, and he's a character. I know. I'm I really him. I yeah. like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a he's got a sordid Vegas history, and he yeah Tommy Quick, who used to be known as Carlo Bustamante. <laughs> I know. I was like. I don't know anything about this guy, but I know this guy. I know a lot about this guy all of a sudden, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny because he kind of tells him about how he ended up at midnight, and it is shady as fuck, oh, right? Oh, it's super shady as fuck. Like he and the, yeah. the, a couple of other old people were in like a, like a run down yeah, flop house, and this, these people were showed up, just showed up and were like, hey, you want to come stay at our, you know, schmancy resort? And he's like, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, right? You don't have any living family, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> don't ask any questions. Just go with it. Yeah, that it was that Eva Colhane woman. She yeah. showed up. Mm. And so these are not the type of people that they said were going to be in the hotel, which is people being parked while they're waiting for a nice, ritzy uh, retirement home. Yeah, well, rich the, people, right? They said, though, that they're planning on... The, the hotel people said they were planning on moving them over at some point, but Tommy, excuse me, Carlos Bustamante doesn't think that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah, right? 
Yes. He doesn't know anything about this, so this is this is shady. Like yeah. these, are, these are place fillers. It is. And there's four of them. There's Tommy, there's a couple of ladies named Mamie and Susie, and then there's another man named Shorty who's there. And those are all, like, suspicious names, yeah. right? Because they're all gangster names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Susie, the, Susie the Swiper, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Mamie Eisenhower was a famous uh, smuggler, so... Oh, mm, so you think yeah. it's probably... Probably, Probably who that was. Yeah, yeah life yeah, crime. Was, uh, yeah, bootlegger. Used yeah. To hot rod up and down the mountains. <laughs> so he leaves, Tommy leaves, and Mr. Snugly fills them in on his trip to the hotel. Uh, none of these people are magic, but the hotel does have ghosts and, quote, a lot of misdirection. Yeah, interesting. Which is them lying, is that lying, the, the proprietors lying about what the old people are actually doing there? Or? I, I, I mean, both, right? Like, probably the old people are lying about... I don't know, right? Like, it's all lies all the way down? It, it could just be, like... This is a cat, right? It, it could just be, like, there's a, a can that looks like tuna fish and actually there's, like, gravel in there. <laughs> that, right? That's a fair point. Mr. Snuggly's, like, priorities are different than everyone else's. Yeah, well, the first time I read it, I was wondering, because for some reason I thought of misdirection as, like, a spiritual thing, mm. but that didn't make any sense either. Yeah, but know. he does not explain. Olivia, Manfred, and Fiji go back to how are they going to find the location of the jewels and let the police know without being suspicious, and it's, uh, they don't really come to any good conclusions. I swear this shouldn't be that hard for a psychic, a witch, and an assassin, right? Like, you think between them, they could solve this problem with literally any of their skills, right? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't Olivia literally have somebody who's about to pay her a shitload of money to steal stuff? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she even knows with, uh, like... They even come to the conversation where she says, well, I guess I could try it again. But that didn't work last time. I was like, yeah, but I mean, extenuating circumstances, right? Like, I feel like like she could make it work. I think, like, now you know there might be these guys watching for you. You could watch for them or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They dismiss it, but, you know, they tried it once. Yeah. Yeah. Those chapters, right? Yeah. But meanwhile, Fiji gets a call from the bouncer at the cartoon saloon who she's dating. Ah, yeah, good for her. And he invites her to go to a seafood restaurant? Yeah, like a fish. Oh, no. In rural Texas. No. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. yeah hey, you good don't point. do that. Because at first I was like, oh, maybe it's like a red lobster. It's like a national chain. I'm sure everything's frozen. You know what I say about red lobster? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, it could just be catfish. Oh, you can get I catfish guess. all over the place, catfish, right? But it yeah. wasn't even a red lobster. It could be river catfish. Yeah. Yeah. Catfish is good anywhere, I think. Oh. If it's, right? I mean, if this is seafood, like ocean food, then that stuff has been sitting in the shelf for like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. Sure. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh-huh. Chapter 17, uh, we get the point of view of Joe Strong. So he and Chewie are immortal or close to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes for a run and he turns his ankle and he has to hobble home and he thinks about how he's made a promise to Chewie as he's looking at a bird spreading its wings, you know? Yeah. It's like, I wonder what, hmm, I wonder what that could mean. <laughs> I'm guessing he's a dragon. That's like the best I've come up with so far. Yeah, probably a dragon. Well, he, he's like world champion dive roller. Uh, you know? Yeah, <laughs> he, he that's just, right. He rolls forward, you know, head over heels, like cartwheels. But and, Chewie and, like, won't let him do it anymore. Yeah, not since the accident. <laughs> Horrible, horrible dive rolling accents. 20, 20 killed. <laughs> he dive rolled into the crowd. <laughs> so he just got, got too into it. He didn't want to stop. <laughs> he knocked into somebody and they spontaneously combusted. <laughs> That's right. He dive rolled too hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ever since that day, he swore never to dive roll again. <laughs> he died like, as he lived in dive rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, but uh, luckily Diedrich is there to help him. And Diedrich says, quote, it feels like there are two people in me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also worried yeah. that his and father... one of them's a tiger. 
<laughs> One of them likes to eat people. <laughs> He's worried that his father won't be back in time. Uh-huh. Uh, he says he is always hungry. And he asks Joe if everybody in Midnight is like him, and Joe tells him only the Rev. Yeah, so... so uh, the Rev, they, they said that the Rev thought he was the last one. Yeah. Which, uh, I guess the Rev didn't know about Quinn? I don't know, yeah. I don't know, or maybe just Joe and Chewie didn't, but the, uh, Rev, yeah. the Rev must have known him somehow. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Yeah, he may be the only were-tiger child, if indeed he's a were-tiger. Mm-hmm. That could be what the Rev is talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh... <laughs> but either way, they, they're pretty sure his first turning is coming soon. They're like, what are we going to do? Lock the doors. Yeah, stay inside <laughs> and lock the doors. Yeah. But he's going to eat them all, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't get eaten by a, by a were-tiger. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and meanwhile, their dog is just like fucking terrified to death of Diedrich. Oh, I know, <laughs> yeah. Good little guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Chapter 18. Olivia visits the Rev and tells him that her father is very, very rich and that her mom pimped her out when she was a child and Olivia killed her. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. it's a rough backstory. She asks the Rev if he eats the people he kills, which is very rude when you think about it. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, he's like, not usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not by choice. <laughs> it was an interesting conversation because they're two very hard people and they like, there's a lot of stuff being unsaid and things that neither of them is getting about the other person. Yeah, I, I kind of like how they can be very direct. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I kill people, you kill people. I, I was actually surprised. Like, I, I I never got the impression that Rev was murdery. And a lot of the where people are not murderers, you know? Mm-hmm. Not not by default, but he's his whole thing was like, yeah, you know, whatever, I do murder sometimes. I, yeah, you know... A non-traditional ministry, we'll say. I feel like the Rev probably kills about as many people as the rest of the Midnighters. He's just better at it. <laughs> like, it doesn't become this whole debacle, like this jewelry thing. Well, yeah. you know what? Not everyone can afford to eat their corpses all the time, you know? <laughs> or, or they go right in the pet cemetery, either way, right? They're just like, it's not a problem for anybody else. The Rev takes care of his business. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. There have been several points where the Rev was digging a grave in the pet cemetery. We don't really know what was going in those holes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. how about that? Mm. Yeah, she, she asks, Olivia asks him how he can uh, kill and hide bodies and dispense justice and he says his purpose on earth is to preserve and protect midnight hmm. which is interesting yeah why wonder... he's so connected to this one little town yeah i was surprised about that too i wonder what that means yeah i'm curious how old he is how long he's been there he does a question he doesn't not as long as lemuel but i think longer than anybody else it seems like yeah they always say his suit looks like it's older than he is which mm. maybe maybe it is older than his apparent age right yeah, yeah. But who knows how old he actually is? Also, don't wares tend to have better physical health and they live longer? I, I can't remember. I, I know that they're in. I know that they have better like vitality or they whatever. They feel but, better, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't know if they actually lived longer or not. Yeah. Yeah. So she asks the Rev for advice on how to help Manfred, and he says, "Use every resource available." Uh, thanks, Rev. <laughs> and try to be quiet, but go in strong and hard if that doesn't work. Well, I mean, like, I, I think Olivia appreciates it because this is the first person who's given her permission to do what she wants to do. It's like, just right. kill what you gotta kill, you know? She, she uh-huh. wants somebody to tell her, kill that maid. <laughs> just go in the house, yeah, kill just, the maid. Just kill them all. Kind of yeah. yeah. And uh, the Rev... Rev does that and gives her his his blessing to go murder. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I she's love in, this guy. Like he's got the paintings on the animals on the walls, and he's like staring at them when she comes in. He really likes those paintings. His blessings. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I love this character. And you know, she's inspired. After this, she actually has a plan, and she goes over to Manfred to talk about it. Now, okay, we have spent so much time with Sookie 
and we have seen some terrible plans, right? So this is a terrible plan, but it's not the worst plan that we've seen so far, right? No, yeah, yeah. The plan is basically like throw some old people at the guy because like, we, like we, we got all right? these extra old people. I mean, it's better than other Sookie plans, which are usually throw Sookie at whatever it is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, like in any other circumstance, I'd be like, this is just the worst plan I've ever heard. But like within this world, world, this is like a maybe like a B tier plan, right? <laughs> 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 yep, uh, yeah. they're gonna do use lose old people for a whole ruse to get into Goldthorpe House. Yeah, why? Because yeah. old people are confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They all look alike. Yeah, this, the perfect disguise. Yeah, they're gonna send a letter ahead of time saying that Tommy was a friend of Rachel's husband and he wants back the books he loaned him. Yeah, so uh, they 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 decide they need an old person wrangler because you can't just send the old people there on their own. They'll probably get lost or whatever. Um, and they decide. <laughs> I know, or, see a, a Denny's or a, I don't know, voting booth <laughs> or something. Outback, I think, was, or a Golden Corral. I think golden they talked about that. Yeah, there yeah. you go, yeah. Um, they, they determined that Bobo is busy, so they settle on Joe. And I noticed that no one suggested Chewy, and I think I can guess why. Uh, yeah. 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 They're like, we need somebody who, you know, people will trust. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we can't do Fiji, and we can't do Chewy. It's like, huh, what are you not saying here? Yeah, yeah you know. Texas, you know. Dallas suburbs. Yeah. You know. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's, get attention. it's weird though because they ask Bobo to join them, but his shop is mysteriously busy. Like he remarks how weird it is, how many customers. Yeah, I don't know had. what that's about. Yeah, I mean maybe it's just a plot convenience because she did. Charlene Harris didn't want Bobo to go or something. And also, teacher is uh, working at the gas station, who's yeah. normal cover, and Lemuel's out, so he's having to work nights too. So I think he's pretty. He's spread pretty thin right now. Yeah. Chapter nineteen. Olivia goes to the hotel to ask the old people if they'll join him. Uh, Shorty's grandson is there. Do we recognize him? I did yeah. immediately, yeah. His quote-unquote grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it was great. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so that's that's Barry Bellboy. It is yeah. Barry Bellboy. Barry, Barry the Bellboy Horowitz. Mm-hmm. Um, and the old people agree to join in for $225 each, a free lunch, and a ride to the library yeah. <laughs> for audiobooks. <laughs> like, I was like... Yeah, honestly, I think she's probably overpaying them. I, I think yeah. she probably they would have done this for free. They just, would have done this for the ride to the library. I think. Yeah, <laughs> right. She shouldn't have started like she started, you know, with the. But Tommy Quick always gets his angle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Once he smelled the <laughs> smelled the cheese. Yeah, I gotta get my beak wet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, yeah. So yeah, Barry Bellboy is randomly there, and she she and she she. she so, uh, twigs right away that he can read minds. So yeah, so their, their plan is totally... Well, yeah, she figures that out immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she, their plan is like... So he knows everything, right? He knows everything about everybody Correct. immediately, right? Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, someone like him, he probably has... He spends a lot of time not uh, talking about the things that he's learned, right? Because mm-hmm. it's worse for him if he, people find out that he can read minds. Yeah, true. For sure. Especially if those people do murders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's, he'd be inundated with a bunch of shit at midnight if he doesn't be careful about what he listens to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but Olivia and Manfred go to home cooking and ask Joe and Chewy to help them, and they refuse because they have some sort of code of honor, and Olivia really pisses them off, and their eyes start glowing. Yeah. But huh. not the dog. The dog's eyes <laughs> the do dog's not glow. She's happy glowing. to notice. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> That's a shame. It'd be cool if the dog's eyes start glowing, too. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's uh, great. Yeah, but Shorty's grandson comes into home cooking. Manfred and Olivia confront him. 
and uh, Manfred asks about Sookie. Yeah, I, I, I forgot that. Did, did we know that he had met her? Was that happened in the yeah. stories? When did that happen? Barry or Manfred? Manfred. Manfred. It's a short story where oh. his grandmother Zilda sent him to save Sookie from and a few other people from some bad a se- bad sequence of events. Oh, okay, cool. And this is when she's engaged to Sam. Oh, it's so like it happens afterwards. afterwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think she just really wanted to be able to connect them because they're from different series, but they're such engaging characters. Yeah. But it really, really freaks out Barry when um, Manfred is like, "Hey, do you know her?" And he's very scared of the vampires in Texas, which we knew. We knew he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. The the Dallas vampires are. They were the ones that he used to work for, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. and they got real pissed at him because he didn't. Warned them in time about maybe roads. I think it was the pyramid collapsing. I think, I think that was why they got them. mad. Or I, I don't know, yeah. but yeah. they they do they do not like him, and he does not want to be there at all. Yeah, he 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 starts by giving them a fake name, Rick Horowitz, as opposed to it's like it's like really half-assed identity <laughs> yeah. here, and he yeah. drops it like immediately. He's like, hey, whatever, my name's Barry. Yeah, he's not not good at this. I think we learned from from Suki's perspective, and I guess from Barry here that. The, when you're a telepath, you're really not good at deception. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Right? Yeah. You, you never get deceived, right? Yeah, right. that's true. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but Olivia mentions that there are no other vampires in a 200-mile radius. I was wondering if this is a Lemuel thing. Like, it must be, Is there right? something about him that drives other vampires away? Or are they... I wonder. It's yeah. his territory. Yeah. I mean, maybe especially when you're like not in a city, but somewhere I, rural, maybe you have. I think Midnight sucks. No, right? like, it just like nobody to wants to there, be there. Right? Yeah, if you're an immortal creature of the night, why would you be here? Yeah, yeah. you know, and like, it's probably like Texas is really sunny, right? And like, you can't do basements in most of Texas because of the limestone. So mm-hmm. like, there's probably not a lot of good places to stash right? a cop. You know, yeah. like, it's probably just not a good place to hang out. Yeah, yeah. Just say midnight doesn't suck. Just like if you're a vampire, it probably sucks. Yeah, yeah. Sucks for a vampire. There's like what. 12 people in the town, and they're going to know pretty fast you're feeding on them, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> people notice that someone's missing in a small town. Uh, but yeah, they decide that Barry the Bellboy is exactly who they should use for this mission and not Fiji for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this is a mission that will seem likely to entail casualties. Mm-hmm. And so rounding up the old people and this rando who just drifted into town and sending them on a mission seems like a pretty reasonable That's approach. a fair point. Like, the, the, at this point, the entire crew is expendable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Good point. Mm-hmm. And Manfred forges a letter from his lawyer's office to create proof for getting into Rachel's library. But he puts his lawyer's real phone number on it? That was dumb. God. I swear. You're like, what a fucking idiot. This but, is, this you know. is Cokehead stuff. He's on yeah. Wizard Coke. You know? Oh, he's still on the Wizard Coke. You're right. Okay. You're totally he's right. He's Wizard yeah. Coke through all these chapters. That makes yeah, sense. That's yeah. good. No, he's, you know, because I mean, like, the the letterhead idea is not a bad one, but putting the phone number on there is a bad idea. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. Also, Manfred gets a call from his mom and learns that she's getting married to her longtime boyfriend, Gary, mm-hmm. uh, but his kids aren't happy about it. They don't like that he's a psychic. psychic. Yeah, yeah, but I uh, don't really mourn them. Yeah, but man, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but Manfred gives his blessing, and you know. Yeah, like if I had an an elder elderly, I don't, I don't know how old they actually are because he says his mom is only like in her forties. Like, or just barely forty, I think is what he said. Yeah, which is messed up. Yeah. But yeah, like if my if my if my parent was getting remarried to somebody and I found out that they had a kid who was a psychic, that would definitely give me pause. Eh, I like, mean, this kid's yeah. gonna steal all my dad's shit. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, just have him killed. 
<laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Just get in touch with Olivia. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious here to see how this all plays out because, again, this is not a good plan. <laughs> no. It's going to be a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine how this is going to go well. But, hey, you know what? It's going to be it's going to be entertaining. I appreciate the novelty of the plan. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Send a bunch of old people in there. What are they going to do? Push the old people around? Or, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, old people with an official looking uh, letter or something, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reading chapters 20 through 28 of Day Shift, the second book in the Midnight Texas series. I am Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share this with anybody you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out about our other podcasts and how you can support us with your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Barry. Good, good night, night, Barry. Barry.